Welcome to the Ethical Consumer Podcast. I'm your host, Julia Abbott. Join me for weekly chats with food and beverage brands, because caring about the process behind your food should be just as important as enjoying it. Hi, everyone. It's Julia back again with another episode of the Ethical Consumer Podcast. Today with me, I have Stanley Prarijaya from Good Galaxy. And he is here to tell you a little bit about his product, why he made it, and why it is so wonderfully sustainable. Stanley, thank you so much for being on. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me here. Most definitely. So you this, have kind of my, interesting... My, this is my first podcast ever, so this is a very interesting experience. Yay! <laughs> excellent, excellent. Now, if you could, just for our listeners to please say your full name for me, because... Your last name is slightly difficult pr to pronounce, and I want to make sure that gets correct on air. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah, my, my name is Stanley Prawirajaya. Excellent. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And Good Galaxy, tell me a little bit about how you came to be interested in food products. Did you, did you have an interest growing up? Did you find this through school? What led you here? Uh, yeah, so um, my background is actually in food science. Um, I have my uh, bachelor and uh, master degree in food science uh, from uh, Iowa State uh, University. Okay, excellent. Right here uh, in my home yeah. state of Iowa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, I've been in the food industry. Um, well, I graduated in 2003. So I've been in food, food industry for about 17 years now. Uh, so okay. yeah, so and I've been working in um, in the ingredient industry as well as in the uh, CPG companies. So in addition to working in the ingredients interest industries and the consumer packaged good industry, were you inspired from your work in that industry or were you inspired from something else? I mean, other than uh, my interest in food, um, I'm, I'm also very, um, I, I have a lot of interest in uh, protecting the environment um, and, and also uh, I have two young children where uh, so because of, you know because we have um, because of our busy lifestyle uh, we you know we, we always try to find you know uh, um, nutritious food uh, that we can uh, provide to our children and since my background is in the food food industry um, you know I've, I've I've come to you know learn a lot more about nutrition about what goes into food um, so we are, we're always been uh, conscious about uh, what we give them. Uh, yeah, because because we are um, try, always trying to find something. Sometimes because we, we are so busy, we, we just trying to find something quick that uh, our children would like to eat. Uh, so giving them a sandwich are just the, the fastest and easy and quick way to, to give them uh, uh, to give them snack or food or breakfast. Um, but you know, we, we are always conscious about what we want to put inside the sandwich. So we mm -hmm. we always try to avoid uh, products that has uh, lots of sugars uh, or uh, products that has uh, empty calories in it. So we usually stick with uh, uh, peanut butter, like an all natural peanut butter, because we know, uh, you know, peanut is because our kids don't have any peanut allergy. We know uh, mm -hmm. that uh, peanut butter has, has you know good source of is a good source of protein has uh, healthy fats in it um, but but then we are limiting ourselves to just peanut butter 
Uh, so that's why we are looking. I'm, I'm looking into. Uh, I was thinking about you know maybe I can create something else uh, that they would enjoy, uh, but it's still nutritious. Um, and that's how uh, Good Galaxy came about uh, because uh, I was playing around with some formulations on uh, making a chocolate spread and uh, mm-hmm. and thinking of well how can I make this chocolate spread uh, more nutritious uh, but as well as uh, uh, that my kids would enjoy as well. Um, so, you know, I, I started playing around with, uh, you know, uh, reducing the amount of sugar, uh, using healthy fats in it, um, and uh, adding protein in it to, to substitute for the, the milky flavor in, uh, or the dairy notes in, in what that's commonly found in chocolate spread. And I've had this chocolate spread, guys, and it is super good. I actually had it with peanut butter on a sandwich for lunch today. Kid you not. Um, I've had it on pancakes so far. I've had it on a spoon uh, many times. <laughs> Just taking a, a moderate spoonful out of the jar. And it, it truly, um, you said you use the protein to kind of account for the creaminess because these are completely vegan. There is no dairy in it. And there is no palm oil in them, which we'll get to a little bit later as to why that was important to you and important to a lot of people in the food industry now that are kind of starting to see some of the negative effects on commonly used ingredients. And yeah, we'll touch on that in a little bit. But you have you have three flavors. You have the hazelnut, the peanutty, and then the regular chocolate flavor. Is that correct? Yes. My my favorite okay. is and which one was first? Uh, my the first one that I created was actually the chocolatey one. Uh, okay. And from there, I, I yeah expanded to you know mixing it with uh, peanut uh, flour uh, and as well as uh, hazelnut butter uh, to create that yeah different flavors. Uh, and my favorite is actually uh, chocolate hazelnut. Um, yeah, mixing it with, uh, so having, you know, like a sandwich with a sliced banana and chocolate hazelnut, that's mm. my all-time favorite. That would be good. The hazelnut one was my favorite as well. I'm a big fan of hazelnut and a, a previous fan of Nutella, but now I have good galaxy. So, <laughs> But really the protein and the fiber, I, I've looked at food for a long time from a nutrition stance as well. And what you mentioned with the empty calories, a lot of, unfortunately, the food that is geared toward children at times tastes good or has the fun packaging, which yours also has some extremely fun packaging, but it's not always the most nutritious or it's kind of, um, I don't know, we'd use the term greenwashing to be like something that's eco-friendly, but it might not actually be so eco-friendly or super nutritious, but it's it has real fruit juice in it, but you're not really sure how much. And the real fruit juice is the only thing that's really even moderately healthy about it. But the protein and fiber is what fills you up. Yes. And having the good fats in it too is just the best. Uh, yes. And, and, and I, I purposely create this product uh, to contain uh, some sugar in it because, you mm. know, sugar, I know it's, it's, it's an ingredient that, um, if you consume it too much, it's, it's not good for your health. But I think in, in moderate amount, uh, it's still uh, okay to be consumed. Besides, the sugar is, you know, our, our main source of energy uh, for our body. 
um, and yeah, and and having uh, a fiber, uh, I think it's it's always good for uh, our body uh, to help. Uh, the the fiber that I'm using is a prebiotic fiber, uh, and so it helps with all the good uh, uh, for the health of our microbiome uh, in our uh, guts. So not just making sure that it's filling, but also using the prebiotic fiber for digestive health, yes. which it's hard to get a small child to take something that's fermented or prebiotic <laughs> or probiotic. So if it can be fiber, I don't know, maybe your kids drink kombucha and eat kimchi just fine, but I have a lot of my friends' children do not. <laughs> it has to be sugary. Uh, yeah. In fact, I remember... There was one time, so I, some of the listeners will now know, as I've mentioned it several times, I used to work in a small health food store, and there were people that would come in and say, do you have chocolate-flavored vitamins? Because my child will only eat it if it tastes like chocolate. Oh. And they're really, I mean, if there is now, someone let me know. But at the time, we certainly didn't carry any. <laughs> and I really don't know of any chocolate-flavored vitamins um, on the market in lieu of, like, a protein shake or something like that. So the fact that they can get their protein, their prebiotic biotic fiber, and some good healthy fats in there and have it taste like chocolate is a bonus. Um, I find it very hard to believe that any child would turn their nose up at what you've created. I, I think it tastes delicious. And I know it's a little bit more marketed toward kids, but I eat it. I'm sold. I'm an adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. I mean, I, I think when, when I when I uh, created this company, my, my vision is I like to create uh, a company that's uh, focusing on uh, children nutrition. Uh, but, at, uh, but at the same time, I like it to, uh, to create a product that is uh, sustainable as well. Um, and, uh, I mean, I think, yeah, the reason I pick chocolate spread is, you know, it's, it's, a. I I know kids love chocolates. Uh, they like some, you know, sweetness in their, uh, in the, in the stuff that they eat. Um, yeah. So it just, uh, I think that's why I, uh, chocolate is just a good, uh, avenue to, uh, introduce kids to, um, uh, a healthy, uh, and sustainable, uh, eating. For sure. And like you said, too, it's extremely versatile as well. Putting it on bananas, putting it on a banana sandwich, putting it on pancakes. Yes. Or I have not I've not yet put it in oatmeal. But now as it's starting to get a little colder here in Iowa, it's starting to get into my oatmeal season instead of my smoothie season. So oh, yeah. <laughs> that's going to go in my oatmeal. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, I, I, actually, sure. I, I have tried. It's um, I am a big, yeah? big fan of um, uh, overnight oats. So oh, what yeah. I do is yeah, I just yeah. put everything together with the chocolate spread in it uh, overnight. And the next day I just mix it up mm-hmm. and instant breakfast. <laughs> oh, that'll be good. Oh, I'll have to do that. I will do that. I will 100% do that. And then it's going on social media and you all can see <laughs> <laughs> how excellent it was and what my reaction will be, which I'm sure will be super wonderful. Yeah. And another interesting thing is uh, uh, since our uh, con- uh, packaging is uh, glass, um, and I think with the with the type of oil that we use, it 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 if you ever notice it, you know, once you get to the bottom of a uh, uh, peanut butter, you see there's like a lot of stuff still stuck to the package to the packaging. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, you know, one of the added bonus of using uh, a liquid oil is they just tends to flow down to the bottom, leaving the container pretty clean. Um, and and actually another uh, another fun thing you can do is 
when if you have like a little bit of uh, chocolate at the bottom, you could add warm milk to it, shake it, and you got a shake. I'll have to write that down for when I'm almost. I'm so. Let's see. Let me envision it. I've had the I had the peanut one on. No, no, no. I did have the hazelnut one on my sandwich today. I did the hazelnut, um, good galaxy, and then I did a natural chunky peanut butter. And I would say I'm about half through that jar of hazelnut. So that's definitely been the one I've pulled from. So I'll have to keep that in mind for afterwards. I know some people have also on the overnight oats thing when they're almost done with the jar of peanut butter, or in this case, almost done with the jar of chocolate spread to just make their overnight oats straight in the jar when it's done. Mm -hmm. And then you can (laughs) not have to wash one more bowl after your breakfast. (laughs) And and you need to clean up the the jar anyway for to recycle, to be able to recycle the the packaging. So it's a (laughs) win-win. So with, with it being geared more toward children, you have bright, flashy, green and purple packaging. Where did your superhero, words are hard today, where did your superhero Galaxy Girl come from? Well, it's actually um, started out with with our brand name. Uh, So we we pick our brand name to be uh, Good Galaxy. Uh, So I'm trying to uh, figure out ways to make it uh, more simplified uh, and have it relatable to, to children. So we, uh, I, I started thinking of, you know, you know, what happened if I make it into an abbreviation, um, and from there, you know, well, it might be interesting to have it as an like uh, that abbreviation to be an emblem, and I'm thinking, oh, if it says an emblem, might be an interesting play on if we put it into like a superhero uh, emblem, uh, and that's how a good galaxy superhero uh, is born. And there's a whole comic strip on your website, too, that parents and their kids can go check out, too. Yeah, I mean, every good superhero needs an origin story, right? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> she got her mask, but there was no cape. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, yes. She got a mask, but there's no cape. Well, what was the movie? In The Incredibles, capes get stuck in wind turbines. Yes. No one wears a cape. Exactly. Capes are dangerous. <laughs> she can't get a cape. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up on my children's movies. <laughs> So, Stanley, you'd mentioned that palm oil is used a lot in the food industry, and it's kind of one of those inescapable ingredients sometimes. You mentioned having to trace the ingredient back to how everything was processed, how everything was harvested. Do you know why palm oil has been just a staple of the food industry? Uh, palm oil is, is a very functional ingredient in food formulations. Um, like when, when I mentioned, uh, you know, there's two, two, when I simplify oils as, uh, liquid and solid mm-hmm. oil, uh, it's because, uh, those two oils are used in different types of products. Um, so for example, um, when you, uh, make a product like, uh, pie or, uh, pastries, mm-hmm. uh, those type of products, you typically would use something that's of a hard, uh, a more solid oil. Okay. Uh, versus liquid oil, um, and in in the uh, if you trace back the history on how you know how those products are created, those are typically made using either using butter or lard, um, and because they need that that solid oil functionality uh, in order to make the the texture of the to get the texture of uh, a pastry, or to get the uh, 
the consistency of the pie crust. Sure. Uh, when they switch from using uh, when the food industry switch from using butter uh, and lard, uh, they they come up uh, with an idea of using uh, hydrogenated oils uh, because by hydrogenating uh, liquid oils, you remove the the unsaturated fatty acids from, let's say, soybean oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, you convert that into a uh, convert the, the fatty acid into saturated fats, which turns it into a solid fat, um, and becomes ingredient uh, becomes a functional ingredient in in those type of recipes. Uh, but then we we you know as the science progressed, we they found out oh the when we hydrogenated uh, when we hydrogenate fats, we also created something called trans fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when you know when we learn more about how uh, unhealthy trans fat is, then we start to uh, the food industry response by trying to remove uh, product that contains hydrogenated fats. Sure. And that's when when uh, palm oil comes in, because palm oil uh, they, they they can process palm oil so that uh, it creates the the. Uh, uh, the properties to be similar to a butter or a lard, um, and and that's you know and and those are great ingredients uh, to substitute the hydrogenated fats, uh, and it's what at the time it's it's uh, you know it's widely available um, coming from uh, Southeast Asia or the tropical countries. Um, they um, yeah, and that's when the food industry starts to convert from using hydrogenated fats to palm oil. Okay, so palm oil was originally the healthier alternative to hydrogenated fats. Exactly, yes. Okay, so this, oh man, the food industry is bonkers. (laughs) It's all a replacement for something else, and then we backpedal because we realize we made a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think that's why when, when, you know, when when palm oil has become uh, widely used, you know, they, they increase productions, but at the at the cost of uh, deforestation. Uh, I think that's when, uh, you know, when people will start re- re- realizing, oh, you know, when we need to produce this much palm oil, the environmental impact is is um, is huge. Sure. Um, I think the the industry, the the palm oil industry, has been uh, trying to react uh, to do better. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, to to the environment, uh, but that's why they the, they they created uh, the RSPO program, mm-hmm. which is the um, uh, forget the abbreviation. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a collaboration between uh, uh, World Wildlife Fund and okay. as well as the industry uh, palm oil uh, industries. Uh, so they created this uh, organization. To, to help tackle this issue. Um, it's, I think, uh, they, when they first created, I think there are some issues with uh, with how they manage the, the, the certification proce- process. And uh, they, they recently did an update uh, back in 2018 mm-hmm. to, to strengthen the, the organization and as well as a stricter uh, guidelines. But I think we still have uh, a long ways to go uh, to to make the the palm oil industry to be more accountable to uh, to the environment. Sure. 
So they've realized that it's an issue, but currently with the supply and demand of what we need in the food industry, it's a little challenging for them to backpedal too quickly because they have to keep up with that demand. But it sounds like they are trying to put methods in place to help it be more sustainable, less uh, perhaps the burning peatlands and less effect for the animals that happen to have the peatlands as their home. Yes. Yes. So they're trying, um, but we're stuck. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think they, they yeah that's why I think they they uh, from what I understand is that uh, the organization do a five year review of okay. their program, mm-hmm. um, and and yeah I think they they definitely have room to do more um, because when I look at their uh, their data I think they they mentioned that only twenty percent of the global uh, palm oil is certified by this organization. You oh, know, so okay. that means. 80%, well, you know, what happened to the 80% yeah. of the, the palm oil is, are they not producing it sustainably or, you know, so I think uh, uh, more adoptions either through the push uh, or the pull by the, the customer mm-hmm. or the consumer or, um, yeah, or, or they, uh, they can also help, you know, be conscious about, you know, what else they can do to help improve this. Sure. So it sounds like we can either have substitutions for palm oil or we can hold the palm oil industry a little bit more accountable and try to take that 20% that are doing the good work and Mm -hmm. harvesting and growing theirs sustainably and hopefully increase that number. Yes. So we have options. We have options. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Thank you for that history because, again, it seems like every episode we have, it's, it's, it's not always a black and white solution. And so frequently, I just did a mini-sode on this the other day, and um, in our Farming for Public Health episode, it is, it is the consumer's job and challenge to a certain extent to read what's on the label, know what they're consuming, know what they're supporting, but also to take that a little higher to a more national and a more global level and ask for perhaps a little more consideration with regulation and practices and our voice does matter and we can say that and we can Mm -hmm. ask for that and eventually hopefully someone will listen it sounds like someone did and they are we just got to keep poking until that 20 percent gets up to like "Mm, it'd be really nice if it was like 80 or 90 or even 100 (laughs) percent yes absolutely yeah when we get a jar of peanut butter or a jar of chocolate spread, and, and not to, again, never to bash or belittle any other company that may be using these ingredients because they just don't know better or they haven't yet switched over, but if we see one that's extremely, um, I guess, consistent, like you said, it's not, uh, it's not a suspension anymore. It's homogenized yes. <laughs> or homogeneous. It's... it's um, well, it's a butter. It's a spread. It's you can no longer tell that there is an oil in it, and you can no longer tell that there are peanuts in it or almonds or whatever you have. It is one smooth consistently. Yours does achieve this, thankfully. I mean, every every natural butter and spread does require a little bit of mixing, but that's not a bad thing because that does mean that it's still a suspension and not necessarily. Um, with the palm kernel oil and other things that perhaps, I don't know, I, li- I like to know what I'm eating. And when I see a, <laughs> a brown or a tan colored spread and I can't tell that there are any peanuts in it, 
I, I get a little concerned, I guess. <laughs> I'm used to the natural peanut butter. I know some people are like, nope, smooth and creamy or no dice. But I like to see my food, and I like to know that there's real food in there. That's, that's maybe, that, maybe that's just my opinion, but it sounds like it's yours too. But you've, you've done it in such a way that I don't think a child would be off-put by the texture. It's not gritty. It's not crunchy. I know texture for some kids is definitely an issue. Some kids do not like crunchy peanut butter. They will only have the smooth and creamy. But the way you've crafted everything together and the ingredients that you've used really do make a great substitution for a creamy hazelnut spread or a creamy chocolate or peanut butter spread. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's yeah. uh, si similar to uh, all natural butter. Uh, mm -hmm. Yes, you do have to mix it uh, before uh, uh, before you use it. Um, yeah, because again, it's because of the oil separations. And uh, I mean, there, there are several tools you can use to, to help resuspend uh, the ingredients back into oil. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, the easiest way would be using a, a, a butter knife. Uh, but if you look at on uh, Amazon, there's actually uh, yeah several tools that you can use to help you uh, remix it. Really, like a, like an immersion blender kind of situation. No, it's, it's actually for nut butters. No, it's actually a, some some um, stirrers are just a simple, just like a, a really large uh, a butter knife. Uh, there's some ah. some fancier ones where it actually has a lid that where you can actually turn. Um, to mix the uh, the ingredients together. Um, Interesting. Yeah, there's there's several options there out there. We'll have to feature that because of that again with with kids too. I mean, and adults. There are some very picky adults out there. But <laughs> <laughs> when it when it starts to separate, really, all all it does take is a good mixing. Again, my jar of peanut butter today was completely fresh, so there was about an inch yes. of separated oil, and then a layer crunchy of peanuts. And then <laughs> a more a more consistent type of matter below that. But I did use a butter knife. It wasn't too bad. It was also a gigantic jar of peanut butter. We buy that in bulk. So it was it was an effort. I'm going to have to write that down. Look up nut butter mixing utensils. Yeah, I, I can, I can send you a couple of um, uh, links you know, so you can see what, what, you know, some examples of mixers. I would love that. Okay. Yeah, most definitely. It's, yeah, especially for the, the little ones or the pickier adults that are like, nope, nope, it needs to be one one thickness, one <laughs> consistency. Yeah, I, my brother was like that as a child. And, and, and I don't know, I mean, like, at least with my daughter, uh, she's actually, you know, keep volunteering. Oh, can I mix it? Can I mix it? You know, it's actually oh. a fun activity for, for children to, to do as well. Oh, cool. That's, you know, I wish I remembered the first time I had... Well, I might actually. So there, before the health food store that I worked at, we had another one um, in Cedar Falls where I live that, that actually closed, sadly. And they had one of those machines where you could grind your own nut butter. Mm. And I'd never seen this before. Um, my dad, my dad ate a lot of peanut butter growing up when he'd make his sandwiches to go to work. And we did too as the kids. Uh but the first time I saw that and tasted it, I do remember I was so used to that super, super creamy, milky, almost peanut butter. And then it was 
It was crunchy and it took a second and it tasted like peanuts, whereas peanut butter doesn't always taste like <laughs> peanuts, I found. So it's wonderful that they get to see that. And I mean, obviously, you're, you're raising your kids on these more um, natural and whole food based products. So that's that's familiar to them. But I think for a lot of kids, perhaps growing up, maybe they don't they don't always realize what's in their food or where it's coming from either. And that education is really important. I know I didn't discover a lot of this stuff until I was, you know, perhaps high school, college, adult, just because I was never exposed to it, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think that's why, you know, I having uh having the good galaxy girl as a brand ambassador is 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 perfect for us because i think you know children would be the best time to educate them about you know healthy eating nutritious eating um as well as uh to teach them about um sustainability um and having that that brand ambassador it's i'm hoping that we can be able to relate to to children to help them understand all of these things Sure, most definitely. It's starting them young, I think, is is extremely important so they grow up with that information. But then, of course, you know, learning it at any point down their journey into adulthood and exploring what they're eating, especially once they get to make decisions for themselves when they get to high school or, or I guess in junior high when you start going through the lunch line and being able to pick what you want to eat they can make those good decisions instead of oh it's pizza day yes oh now it's pizza day every day i'm gonna eat pizza every day (laughs) (laughs) which hey i might still do that if it was available to me but i'd at least make sure there were vegetables on them i don't eat much meat so (laughs) it's not not as much of an issue i suppose but well excellent what are what are your daughter's favorite treats to have with the spread um the or anything they don't have to make themselves. <laughs> well, right now it's, it's in the morning. I think my my at least my older daughter is uh, she's old mm-hmm. enough that you know if if she's hungry, I, I just tell her, well, you know, when you are old enough now, you can help uh, you know prepare your own sandwich if you like. Um, yeah, sure. and that's typically you know like they would add um, sometimes they would put it on cereals or sometimes they would just make a just a regular sandwich with. Chocolate spritz. I can see putting raspberries and strawberries on it or even dipping strawberries and it would be delicious too. I have not yet tried that. Oh yeah, or even with uh, pretzels. It goes great with pretzels. Oh, sure. Sure, 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 sure. Oh, that would be good. Yes, please. (laughs) Glorious. A little bit more on the palm oil, just because I pulled some facts from palm for palm oil harvesting and the deforestation that goes on too. Um, you touched on it earlier. Not only is it a better form of fat or pardon me, canola oil is a better form of fat, which you use. And there are more out there as well um, that are just going to be better for the health of everybody who's consuming it and also the health of the environment. I did not know before looking this up that actually the ground where the deforestation happens is actually, it's peatland in Indonesia. It's not, it's not something that we would have here in the U.S. as far as I am aware of, but peat as in like peat moss, it's extremely carbon rich. Mm-hmm. And when it's heated, which unfortunately 
happens because fires, that's, that's the biggest issue. Uh, one of the biggest issues, I suppose, is that just mass fires are used to clear the way in order to harvest, plant and harvest these, um, the palm oil. And when you burn this away, the ground actually heats and can turn into coal. Mm-hmm. So you have these fires that, when left unchecked, start to heat all of these layers of peat down into the earth, and they continue to emit carbon even after the fires have burnt out. If you think of like picturing a, a volcano that has erupted and it's done erupting, but all of that lava underneath is still super, super hot. All of those emissions are still going into the air. Mm-hmm. When animals, when humans walk on them, there's burning. I think that was the first, my unfortunate first um, introduction to uh, palm oil and why it's not the best thing to be using was unfortunately seeing a picture of an orangutan that had been in the way of a fire or walked through. I do not remember at this specific moment, but that was just an extremely sad thing to see that I think not a lot of people realize and you see palm oil on perhaps the ingredient label and you don't really know what it is but you know it's an oil and you're like okay there's an oil in here it's got to be buttery it's got to be creamy (laughs) might as well put oil in it but just like you said nutrition wise not oils are created equal nutrition nutritional value and economic or environmental impact pardon me words really are hard today pardon me guys but it's it's a challenge, I would assume, to find a suitable oil. Did you first settle on canola oil? Was that something that you had in your head from your ingredients and consumer packaged good days? Or did you go through a few oils before you landed on that one? Uh, no, I, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, when I first created it, I, I know that I, I like to avoid uh, using palm oil. Like I said, it's a, the the a palm oil is is actually a, a very uh, a functional ingredient. Um, it mm-hmm. is they're actually you know the their derivative of products from palm oil uh, is in everywhere in the food system. Um, so it's really hard to avoid palm oil um, mm-hmm. unless if you, uh, you you know you 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 trace every ingredient to to where it's sourced. Did you experiment with, you, you went straight with canola oil then? You knew you didn't want to use the palm oil, so you went straight with canola, or did you try other oils beforehand in your in your mixing process? Uh, no, I, I went straight to canola oil. Uh, and, and the reason cool. I picked canola oil over the other oil is because, um, you know, I, I like to keep the product to be, uh, uh, to be affordable as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so picking other type of oil, um can uh, would would increase the, the cost of the of the product uh on, and on the other hand uh, the, the other reason why I like canola oil is um I, I came across this study that talks about the omega-3 and omega-6 ratio um how the in the modern um uh in, in our modern uh, food uh, we now consume more product that has a high, that is high in omega six. Uh, so, and and canola oil uh, has a good ratio of of omega six and omega three 
uh, fatty acids content. Um, okay. And that's why I, you know, I, I went straight to canola oil because I, I knew that they have a good balance of this uh, omega, uh, this fatty acids. Sure. I did not know that the ratio of canola oil. That's interesting to me. I remember reading uh, when I was doing a little bit of product research again back at the health food store that the the high omega six, if I remember correctly, we do need a certain amount of omega six but not too much, kind of like sugar. The brain requires glucose to function, but not in excess. And we do need some omega-6, but we need a good ratio of three and six. Yes. Is that, that's what I'm remembering. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you, I mean, some people, not many people, as you said, are deficient in omega-6 and or uh, deficient in omega-3 and getting too much omega-6 which we need to reverse that which canola oil helps us do yeah so so when when i was looking at this uh, you know after i came across the study that talks about uh this omega-3 omega-6 ratio uh, i started mm-hmm. looking into all the different oils it's all the different liquid oils you know for example like soybean oil uh sunflower oil um flaxseed oils um what else um yeah so so based on you know based on when i look at the the omega-6 and omega-3 ratio um canola oil has has the the best ratio because it has a two to uh two to one ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 uh fatty acids okay um whereas in some of other oil it has a high proportion of it is omega-6 um sure and and I can, and I would love to be able to use oils that is high in omega three, uh, but omega three doesn't it it doesn't um, doesn't have a good uh, stability to the product. It, it tends to oxidize very easily, uh, resulting in um, in in off flavor of the product. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why you know I settle with canola oil because you know, they just have the best balance of this omega um, fatty acids. Sure. On the on the off flavor bit. So I'm I'm remembering now where I was learning about the omega three and omega six ratio. And it was when I was taking an online quiz to be like a health food store ambassador for a fish oil company. And fish oil is super, super high in omega three. And that, I believe, is what they were referencing was Americans get plenty of omega six but not enough omega-3, and that ratio is extremely important. But, oh, guys, if you've ever had fish oil, (laughs) (laughs) oh, man, and fish oil that's been uh, sitting around for a little too long, it's not, it is definitely not the most stable thing. Yes. Not so pleasant. It's not so pleasant. Yeah, I mean, in in products like uh, flax seeds, uh, where it has, Mm -hmm. like, high high omega-3 content, it's they, it is okay when it's within inside the the, the seeds itself, but once mm-hmm. it's it's taken out of the seeds uh, and then it's exposed to air, that's when it starts mm-hmm. to degrade and oxidize, and that's sure. where it, you know that you get all that fishy aroma um, or rancid oil flavor. Yeah, no rancid oil is never 
Never a good thing. You do not want to be opening a fish oil bottle that's been open for a little too long. Yes. You don't do it. You don't do it. Sorry, guys. Sorry for that visual or smell. Of, I'm glad we do not have smell of vision. It's really not a pleasant thing. That was, I was, unfortunately, I was the person at the health food store talking about picky adults. But mm, um, if, the, if we got in a kid's fish oil. Most of the other other workers were totally good with it, and <laughs> if it passed the Julia fish oil test, then it was 100% guaranteed not to disgust children, and there were only a few. I'm not a picky person, but fish oil, there were only a few that passed my kid-approved <laughs> Julia-approved fish oil test. Well, guys, let me tell you, the, uh, the chocolate spread passes the omega-3, omega-6 ratio Julia test, so... <laughs> That's, we don't, I don't, man, that was a big tangent on fish oil there, but that's okay. That's, that's where a lot of people get omega-3s, and if you're not a meat eater or if you're not down for fish, this is an excellent way to be able to get it for kids and adults. Yes. So, moving away from our fishy discussion, how do you plan to move forward? You actually started this company kind of pre- and then at the very beginning of the pandemic, this was originally, your idea was conceived originally in 2019. Is that correct? Yes. So, yeah. And then you launched when? Uh, yeah. So my, the, the company um, or the idea started in last year. Um, where, that's when I started developing the formula uh, and tr trying to figure out ways to, to produce it. Uh, we actually launched this February, uh, this year of this year, um, right before the pandemic starts. <laughs> right before. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. So, so we, you know, since we are, uh, unable to meet with, uh, potential, uh, retailers, uh, mm -hmm. we switch gears to, uh, just, uh, having it online. Um, we, we tried, uh, to, to, uh, list it in in Amazon as well as uh, Facebook, uh, so yeah, sure. and we keep looking into um, you know other other avenue uh, online avenues where we can uh, help that helps uh, keep uh, spread this the no pun intended spread the message. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, about, Spreading the message, not the virus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, about about this product. Sure. And so folks can find you on Amazon and you are currently, so as you launched right when the pandemic started, like you said, it's been hard to get into in-person stores and sampling is definitely not a thing that a lot of people are doing right now. You are based in California. Are you in LA? Yes. Okay. And you said you have a, a the shop that does have yours on the shelves in Redondo Beach. Was that correct? Yes. So we, okay. I, I managed to meet uh, at least one store Uh right before the pandemic closed and uh, the pandemic started. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we, we currently uh, uh, carry it in, in this one store at uh, Redondo Beach. Okay, excellent. So you got, you got a foot in and it will get there. It will get there. Uh, there have been, let's see, you and then 12, 12 Tides launched. They were a seaweed, a kelp snack company that has been on the show. They launched last year, I believe it was, but they dove pretty heavily into e-commerce just with not being able to get the word out with a whole bunch of brick and mortar stores right away. And then um, my friend Kat, her simple syrup company, she had her first 
farmer's market actually oh. in July, I believe it was. So you are you are not alone in the launching just before or during pandemic stage. And that's hard. It's extremely hard. And I'm definitely looking forward to the day where we can get you in shops in Iowa and the Midwest, too, and more places in L.A. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's definitely uh, uh, challenging because, you know, I have mm -hmm. two kids that now uh, they're staying at home the whole day, uh, you know, so I keep sure. So I have to um, help manage them during the day. Uh, and my wife works full time. So I'm okay. mainly in charge during the day uh, and just have to try to work at, at night. Um, sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, trying to uh, sell uh, to, to do a, an e-commerce is definitely a, a learning curve um, mm -hmm. because my, you know, my background has has not been um, uh, in, in e-commerce. So yeah, that's that's a sure. very steep learning curve that I need to, to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, the rest we we just try to do our best to uh, to promote the the message of uh, mm -hmm. eating healthy um, and uh, yeah, do the best we can in in spreading the product <laughs> in our, yes yes i love it well i'm glad that we can help you spread that message and help share the product too because that's it's nutrition especially with kids and teaching them how important that is from a young age so of course health problems don't develop at a younger age or into adulthood and they don't have to reverse their habits or reverse disease or difficulties that they may be having and also the environmental impact of the palm oil and being able to have a vegan substitute too because I know there are a lot of um, not necessarily nut butters but like delicious chocolatey sweeter spreads that do have a lot of dairy in them as well which is an allergen and some people choose to not eat dairy too so it's nice that we have your product on the market now that helps fill a couple, couple check boxes, a couple needs in the food industry. Oh, thank you. Yeah, excellent. Well, do you have any recommendations? Like, what would be your number one way to try or to eat one of the Good Galaxy spreads? You said you like it on a banana sandwich. Um, yeah, I think the. the... The, the best way to yeah I mean I think sandwich is, is the best way to, to try it um, otherwise mm -hmm. um, eat it eat it as a snack you know with with, with pretzels is is also great um, you know I, I like to get like a pretzel sticks so when I give it to my kids they can just dip it into uh, you know put the spread into a bowl and they can just dip it and enjoy it as a snack sure. It's like Dunkaroos. Does anyone yes, remember Dunkaroos? Exactly. From, yeah. <laughs> and we need to put some sprinkles in it for the true Dunkaroo experience. Dunkaroos and Incredibles. I am a child at heart, guys. <laughs> Excellent. And then do you have any suggestions for consumers other than, you know, seeking out your product and products like yours? What would be your number one suggestion to consumers, to parents, to anybody? Um, yeah, I think my number one suggestion is uh, you, to always learn about the product. Um, the, the, you know, the, the products uh, that you can find in, in retail supermarkets are 
it, it typically has a lot of information in the packaging. So it's, it's always uh, important to, to read the nutrition facts as well as the ingredient label. So you know what's actually is, uh, is in there. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's my number one uh, advice is always the, read the label and to, so you know what's, uh, what you're consuming. Excellent. Yay. So wonderful. Well, thank you. And we can find you and your products on good-galaxy.com. Mm-hmm. And there's a direct shop link or buy link. I'm now forgetting what it says, but there's a link right there that'll take them to the Amazon store for Good Galaxy, correct? Yes. Yes. And then you are on good under de- underscore galaxy 20 on Instagram as well. There's a few comic visuals, comic squares on there with um, Galaxy Girl too. So the kids can check her out. And then hopefully seeing you soon, maybe in a few more e-commerce stores and maybe in a few brick and mortar stores too. Uh, thank you.